You happy with yourself? Lauren Balfe would be happy. All right. That's, I'm guessing, the composer. He follows me on Twitter now. Oh, wow. We're buds. Why can't I hear myself through your computer? Uh, oh, it's probably the same thing as last time. Hang on, let me turn you down. You, it's, it's probably just my... Um, my microphone is picking up my headphones. Huh. Like, I'm wearing them in your, my microphone. I don't know. Whatever you have is it's hella sensitive for some reason. So let me just move it away. Maybe it just doesn't need to be that close to me. I'm just going to use that as our theme song. Uh, oh, I can bring it up on my computer. I love it. So I don't have too many notes only because I was watching more than, you know. I think I have more notes for this episode than I do for the entirety of the book. I do. Funny. So, oh yeah, I wanted to check on... There's a couple things I want to check before we get started. Oh, they did skip. The, okay, interesting. So there's okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Good lord. There's some things in here that I won't say they skipped things yet because it's only the first episode. So it might just be like they're gonna take their time. And then this page. Ooh, okay. I will watch that later. Let's go. And then that's going to be episode two. Okay. Drunk creep is too touchy. What? What? Somebody's YouTube video. I guess they were live streaming something and some guy got a little too drunk and a little too touchy-feely at the bar. How dare you? I mean, what else is new? How dare you? <coughs> How dare he? Yeah, I mean, I mean that's, that's him, yeah. Hashtag not all men. Hashtag... Most men. How dare Almost you? all. You know what? All of them. Fuck it. No. Hashtag yes, all men. How dare you? Um. Okay. So let me get on my notes. I've got my book. I've got all my stuff. All right. Do you have your notes? I have all of my notes. Do you have your book? I have my book. Do you have all of your stuff? I do. All right. <laughs> all right. Really? I'm just going to slurp the whole time just wanted to finish that up real quick wow all right so we're just going for it i mean i've been recording for the longest so it's kind of on you now wow okay oh no here we go oh no (laughs) (laughs) good lord no now you made me self-conscious about it i thought you were gonna just jump into it (laughs) 
Okay, now we we can we can do that. All right. So okay. All right. So we are officially into season two of His Dark Materials, and welcome to season two of Dust Watch. Hello. Hey. Hi. We're back. <laughs> We're back. Do you find if you're it listening a little, to this? I was going to ask. Oh. Do you find it a little, uh, little difficult since we're not in the same room? Very much. Okay. Don't it's worry. It's weird. It'll, I mean, it was always difficult, pass. but like, well, yeah. Anyway, anyway, if you're listening to this, um, we will assume that you have just finished watching the first episode of season two of His Dark Materials, which is finally back. It's been like almost a year. I want to say. Yes. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. No, I wouldn't say it's a, a year. Maybe just, it's, you just, our time is weird because we feel like it's been longer. 2020 has been 17 years. Exactly. I have no concept of time. Yes. Who are we? We've talked about this. You know what we're assuming? If you're listening to this, that you know who we are at this point. Oh, okay. So sorry, new listeners. You have no That's idea. That's why we have a preseason episode. Okay. But if you are a new listener for this, hello. We are in a preseason episode before this one. If you would like us to introduce ourselves, I'm Emma. He's Aaron. Boom. See, we're done. Yeah, that's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. Terrible. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, if you, like I said, we had a preseason episode where we talk a little a little bit about um, mostly what you were expecting. Because I, I, I have my own expectations, but I can't tell you any of them. Correct. So, oh, I just realized why there was not one second of Boreal in this exactly episode. why this episode <laughs> has failed uh, completely in the beginning already. Not so, once. You know what? No, he was in the recap. He was in no, the recap. no, but okay, but he was actually a lot in the recap. So why not show more now? I mean, I can tell you why. It's because he's not really that important in the books. And I can tell you the real reason, because of racism. Wow. That's what okay. it is. Wow. I'm just um, saying. So we, we, we talk a little bit about what Aaron is expecting from the season, if you want to check that out. But we're just going to jump into this. So we, they, they just jumped in both feet, you know, witches, zeppelins, everything, just throwing at the fucking world here. So my first note is saying that it looks like the budget was a little bit bigger because now they can CG four witches as opposed it does. to just uh, there one. There was like six. There was like six that were flying. And then in the meeting, there was at least 12 of them. But they were standing. They weren't moving. They weren't doing that's anything. Fine. Like that's, that's not. No, you can have a budget for people standing in wardrobe as opposed to a budget for flying through the air like Superman. <laughs> there, that's there's a, there's differences there. To be fair, we only got one Supermaning witch. No, the other ones. Just, no, in the they beginning, were just like ghosty. They were like ghosty. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Phantom. Anyway, yeah, okay. Yeah. So we open up. We've got zeppelins. We've got witches. We've got Lyra walking through some jungle for some reason, which I guess is where she came out of the portal. We got submarines now. Submarines so, exist. Okay. So I was going to ask that question. It seems like technology has advanced a great deal. For the magisterium in the last in the off season, I would say <laughs> it does appear so. Because with the the giant balloons, they were there before because they were in that last battle or whatever. Um, but it kind of looked like even their wardrobe was a little more modern than they were last season. I'm not sure. Oh, I mean, the maybe yeah, the guards at least. Yeah. So I don't know what happened 
I think some of that is just a budget change. The submarine was really what I wasn't sure about. Um, there is a boat. The scene they they the scene with the witches on a boat, but they were like, you know what, submarine. So not in the book. Uh, no some mention yes of a and some no. submerged underwater craft. No. Okay, no. that's what I'm not to my knowledge. Out. Okay. Um. So we open up with a, basically a big, uh, a, a big show of force of of which is a, just a great way to kick off the season if you're trying to show off uh, that there's going to be some some fighting. Uh, but it it makes sense with with what happened in the previous season. If you haven't watched it, a giant hole was ripped into the universe basically, and if this dominating force is the thing that wants to control everything on that planet, they're going to have that place surrounded. It's like whenever Thor's hammer fell in the Marvel Universe and S.H.I.E.L.D. just locked that place down and surrounded it. That's how I interpreted this scene. Yeah. And then we had the voiceover narration, which is never my favorite. It's never my favorite. But yeah. they, they, they did some voiceover narration with uh, who we would later learn is the voice of Ruta Scotti. Um, as there's some sort of prophecy like that where they're just kicking it off. They're like, we're not going to ease you into this. We're just going to show a force. Big prophecy. Boom. Let's get going. Yes. And that's I mean, kind of where we're starting off the season. They lean more into it now that it's, you know, it's a prophecy with. Uh, with Lyra. Uh, Lyra and young William. You know, he's he's a part of it as well. Um, very important part is from what I can tell. Um, and. I mean, I like it. It's a quick catch up. Quick. It, it wasn't long narration. So. Was, no, but fine. I'm always more of the like, I, I don't like it when movies start with voiceover. It's kind of the same if you're if your movie starts with voiceover narration or with like textual explanation for the world. Mm-hmm. It's not my favorite thing. It's really show don't not. tell, it's that, right? Yeah. Show don't tell. Okay. Like take the initiative to set this up or have a conversation or do something. But they're just like, no, we're going to do it this way, which, you know, it's fine. It's fine. It's whatever. But Lyra's in a jungle. Yeah. And that's so you had thought you had thought in the previous episode we mentioned this, you had thought that Lyra was crossing to Will's world and Will was crossing to Lyra's. Correct. Which so, we now know is not the case. Yeah. I mean, I kinda had an idea that there would be, you know, a, a multiple amount of wor- worlds. Um, but I thought they were just gonna throw her right into uh Earth Prime, and it was just going to be like, okay, this is how she deals with being in this world, our world, you know. Um, but no, they there's a, I guess, an in betweener world. Yeah, so um, we've got some sort of connection world. One, they said the name once. The city they're in is called Chitagatse, uh, which, which stands they, for. I mean, stands for it's a word. Oh, there's no like meaning behind it. No, it's just what the city's called. Like. The empty city or something like that in Italian or something? No? No, it's just Chitagatse. Okay. okay. Right. Why you got to make everything a thing? Maybe Why, it's just I'm called, sorry. what Why does Sacramento to... stand for? Uh, what does Sacramento stand for? It means the sacrament. It comes from, there's an actual. No. Yes, wow. it does. Oh, my <laughs> no, God. You're lying. So much <laughs> Excuse me for adding depth to the lore <laughs> of a story. Good Lord. San Diego. Yes, Wales vagina. vagina. Yes. <laughs> anyway, Chitagatse. <laughs> you put may a blind have out noticed. What it means. Keen-eyed viewers may have noticed that the stairs uh, that Lyra climbs to get into the city and that they later sit on appear to be the stairs from the opening. 
Yeah, yeah. Them walking in. I guess it's not as metaphorical as I thought it was from the opening. <laughs> you really did. You, know? you really it's, did. It's just literal. Like, okay, it's these are just steps. Okay, it's cool. <laughs> or it might be. It might be uh, foreshadowing to something. Yeah, who knows? You know, we never. Who knows? We'll see. But uh, Chiragatse is, as you have said, an empty city. It is abandoned when they get there. They don't see anybody for the longest. Sorry, Sacramento is Spanish for Sacramento. Oh my God! Um, you really? Yes, the whole That's thing. Okay. <laughs> the whole thing is uh, like Roanoke type of situation. Yeah, it doesn't. But clearly seem... not for very long because the food is still edible. But yeah, very yeah. So you, I didn't actually catch on to that one. Yeah, the food is still edible, so it wasn't that long. But they left like in a hurry or something because yeah, everything like is still there. Yeah, there's food all over the place. Like it was dropped when they were leaving. Um, all of their belongings are still there. Clearly, clothes are still there because Lyra finds something new to wear. So clearly, Will though. Oh, I mean, can we even get to that yet? Or go for it. Okay, so Lyra does meet up with Will like instantly. Uh, you know, she's I can't remember what she's doing, but he kind of comes up from behind her, and um, she gets him in like this little hold or whatever. And yeah, uh, she does. And uh, she notices that he doesn't have she a kicks his ass. That's not she sugarcoat. She doesn't. kicks his no. ass. It's just and he a... says, please don't hurt me. Okay, so that's what I was going to get to. That's what I'm getting to. He seems like he's just this pure and innocent person is what he is. Do because, we know any different? I mean, he killed a, killed a person. <laughs> Bless I season. mean, these things happen. Uh, no, no, they does. Murder doesn't happen. just happen, Emma. It does. What's wrong it with does. you? No, you how many know. people have you murdered? All right, then. Yes, I will not yourself. say on air. Incriminate yourself. I plead the fifth. Yeah. So, um, from that instance, and like this is all in like a five minute span. From that instance to when they're walking down the aisle, the uh, alleyway, and he's picking up fruit from a knocked over and like trying to put it back. To where it came from, mm-hmm. like why? And later bro? he tries, like he's trying to pay for things. He's trying to pay um, for things when they eat food. I mean, that's from- very much to the book. Like in the book, you know, it talks about how he he pays for things. Like when he cooks the eggs, he pays. Or he like leaves money in the till for the eggs. Um, he cleans up after themselves. He asks, well, actually, he cooks the eggs and he tells Lyra, you know, I cook so you clean. She's like, I'm not a servant. Why would I do that? Yeah, so he's about- clearly the hero of this story. That's wow. that's where I'm going with now. So interestingly, this is not at all how they meet in the book. Really? Not in the city? It's in the city, but it's not like this. So the, the book, you had mentioned at one point when I, I kept saying over and over again, I was like, it's weird that, that Will is in book one or is in this first season because he's not in book one. And you were saying, so what, he just shows up in book two? Literally page one, you open up and you're on Will. You're in this this kid that you don't know, who you've never met in a world you don't understand, just out of the blue, Lyra's nowhere to be found. And it's about Will in the beginning. So okay. he just, and he's just, yeah. And it's his story of he, how um, he leaves his mom uh, with their their neighbor who's going to take care of her. He ends up in Oxford, follows a cat, gets in there. And when he's exploring, he finds Lyra in a room in a cafe and she's been there for days, almost starving because she can't cook and she doesn't know what a fridge is and she doesn't know how to find the food. She's been eating stale bread and she also kicks his ass. That was the same. Terrible. She uh, immediately tries to attack him. I feel like I want to read that small section because I feel like you're uh, you're uh, taking liberties with uh, the words there on, on how the fight goes down. 
Uh, um, and they've clearly, the one of the first things I noticed, and especially because I'm jumping ahead, but when Angelica mentions that, like, Will's close to the change that'll make the Spectres get him, they have really aged Will up. They have very the much aged him up in the in show. The, no, in, oh, the show. in the show. Oh, okay. Because okay. he is... He's older than Lyra, but like not by more than a few months or maybe a year. He's 12. He's maybe oh, okay. almost 13. But yeah, they're the same age. So oh. they're they're doing this thing where he's what, like 16? He looks Which like he's around yeah, 14, 15, something like that. Yeah, I can see that. Especially if he's getting to the point where like you're almost an adult. And so these specters, these these beings that only attack grown-ups, you're gonna get to a point where like they're gonna start attacking you and you're close enough. Like we're we're going for older Will here, which is going to be I don't know. I think it's going to play out. I guess the same way that Game of Thrones did, where it just makes more sense when you're watching it to have it. Like you're not the whole time. You're like, why is a twelve year old doing this? I hope so. I mean, <laughs> I hope they wouldn't like. Uh, I, I feel like if they're going to age it up or something like that, or age him up or something like that, they probably change a little bit of the story around him as well. They don't so, necessarily have to because. I mean, reading this and reading The Amber Spyglass, it's very much that feeling of I'm reading it and I'm going, this is a 12-year-old. This doesn't make sense. Okay, but say you say they don't <laughs> so have they can to. Leave That's everything fine. The same. Yeah, they can leave everything the same and just be like, he's 16 and it will still make sense. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, let's see. What else? Oh, so we kind of skipped over a little bit. Um, so they, they come to this abandoned city and Lyra and Pan immediately assume that Asriel had something to do with this. They're like, Asriel came through here. That's why this place is empty. But it's Where a logical it's a logical thing. Like if this city is abandoned and you know there's no people around and you would assume if that since nothing seems like it's not functional, you know, like this place yeah. isn't damaged and the food is still good, then why would people leave something like that unless something bad happened? Okay, something bad happened. I just moments ago or days ago or something like that just witnessed something horrendous happen uh from Azrael, then yeah, these might too be linked. If he came here, ipto facto, he's the cause of this. Like, whatever but it when, is. When Pan says they should use the alethiometer to figure out what it was, she won't do it. That didn't make any sense to me. Why? So Lyra has gotten to a point where she won't use the alethiometer, and the explanation that she kind of gives for it is, well, if we, hadn't, if we hadn't found the alethiometer, if we hadn't used it, Roger would still be alive. None of this would have happened. We would still be, you know, we'd still be at home. Roger would still be alive. Like, I'm not using this anymore. I don't trust it. And dumb. I, <laughs> not, okay, I can see you being like, uh, this thing got me into that mess. You know, I'm tired of looking at it because it's just going to get me into more mess. But the whole I don't trust it, it's been right every single time. It's, so I don't understand her thought process, her thought process on that. Like, it, it's, it's literally told you everything you need to know. Like, what? It's, when you look at it again, it's just going to tell you more that you need to know. Like, I got nothing for you, you here. Ask. Because this is not in the book. Oh, this really? Is a change. This is this is not how she feels in the book at all. She very much trusts the alethiometer with her life. Like, she knows this thing has never lied to her. It will never lie to her. It's incapable of lying to her. And she very much trusts it. And she's she's got that she's got that edge of like I know that you know it. It gets to a point where it won't tell me everything. It'll tell me what I think I should know. Um, she talks about it like it's a living person. So she's like, it It has moods. It has um, almost like a soul of its own where 
It will withhold information if it doesn't think I need it. Or, you know, sometimes I can tell when it wants me to delve deeper. I can tell when the alethiometer wants me to keep asking questions or wants to give me more information than maybe what I asked for. Um, so this is, I think I know why they're doing this and I'll hold on to it for now because it, it'll be a thing later. Um, and if we'll talk about it later in the season, I think, I, I think I understand why they went with what they did. And if they did, I understand it. And I think it's a good change. Um, but I will be interested to see how this plays out because I, if I didn't know the book, I would be where you are. We're like, that doesn't make sense. Why would she not use this all powerful, all knowing thing at all times? Yeah, that's just like saying I got into trouble because, you know, I looked something up on the internet. I'm going to, I don't trust the internet anymore. I was like, well, and it just told you, you know, something like, hey, you, you can't be mad at that because you went searching for it. So, I, yeah, that, that part is a little strange. I mean, if it does pan out somehow, then okay. Um, but can we can we talk about how calm Will was the entire time for being in a, uh, first of all, new world, which is not taught in your world that there are alternate universe worlds. So it's very strange. Uh, two, you met a person that has a talking animal. And you're just like, oh, that's cool. Like, What's his deal? I will say at this point, when Will and Lyra meet, Will says he's been there, what, a few days. So he's had he's time at least days, to adjust. Yes. Yeah, he's had time to adjust to the fact that there are other worlds or at least an other world. So that at least, like, I can see that, I guess. But his reaction to Pan was very much subdued. Yeah, like, okay, I just want to touch it. But no, I can't touch it. And then after that, all right, it's just a, a talking, We're just uh, like, all right. uh, a talking, yeah. changing creature. That's what it is. Like That's true. They never put his reaction the first time he sees Pan change. Yep. He sees it change multiple times. Doesn't say anything. Because you read in the like in the book, you read their meeting through his perspective. So you, you're in his head as he's seeing this animal change right in front of his eyes and then start talking. So in, in the first book, everything is told through Lyra, correct? Yes. There are no chapters within the book that are like told from uh, another perspective. I won't swear to that. Because it's been a while since I read it. There might be some some changing. All I mean, the books are third person. So yeah. I kind of, you know, um, but I'm, I won't swear that the first book doesn't jump around. Okay. Because uh, I was wondering, like, does the second book just focus on Will? Is that what we're doing now? It's like, this is Will's book? It moves around. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. And so, and we got a little bit of that with, with uh, in the show, because we, we start moving around pretty immediately. Because we, we go into the Magisterium. Or at least their their submarine, real quick. Yes. And like the Cardinals there, Father McPhail is there. I completely forgot. I don't know if I forgot this or I didn't know this. Father McPhail is Daphne Keene's father. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, you know you did. You did. Did you I know did that? Know and I just that. forgot. Yeah, you said that um, first because you showed we looked at pictures of those two together. Oh, you're right. Well, that was nice to learn again. That's sweet. That's sweet. Good, Good for them. Anyway, um, so yeah, he's the, literally the trying to kill her. There. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. He's fine. The Cardinal's there, Father McPhail is there, a couple of the other um, Magisterium guys are there, and they're clearly at an odds with what to do about not even just the existence of another world, but the knowledge of it. Where Father McPhail is like, this is out there, you cannot put this genie back in the bottle, we need to stop trying to do that. And the Cardinal's like, no, no, we're just gonna pretend it doesn't exist, nobody needs to know about this. Yeah, I mean, I can see the Cardinal just being like, um, you know, if... 
they don't know about see, but that doesn't even make sense from their standpoint either of if we tell the people it didn't happen, then they'll never wonder about it. But it's like, you know, giant lights in the sky. Giant beacon. Yeah. So I don't understand what did you think you were gonna do? And then you don't know how to close it. Um, you don't know anything about it. So what what are you what are you gonna do? You're gonna build a tower around it? I mean, I guess you could. <laughs> like you in hindsight. Tower all the way to the sky. I mean, if they got the scratch like that, if they got the power and pull, yeah. Wow. And then put their own little spin on it. Don't act like people haven't done that before with things. Area 51, people. Area 51. Good yes. lord. Uh, so we're we're kind of seeing this 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 break in in how they want to deal with it. You have the cardinal on one side who wants to keep everybody in the dark. You know, we're going to bury this. And Father McPhail on the other side who says, that's not possible. Like, that is over and done with. We need to move forward on this. And uh, that, that conversation doesn't go well. Yeah, no, he he's um, he's very just uh, the cardinal that is is very just uh, stuck in like, no, nah, I don't I don't even want to think about it. I just want to kind of sweep it under the rug for whatever means, uh, you know, that he has. Um, heck, it just doesn't make any sense. They mentioned but, ooh, that. Who else is there? Oh yeah, Mrs. Coulter slides in with uh, some wine. Yeah, um, she does, and just starts lying, all to, off the rip. You know, I don't know hey, what you're talking about. I didn't make it to Azrael. Sorry, guys. Uh, I went up to the mountain, and I don't know what else happened after that. You know, he maybe was gone, I blacked and I out. I turned around. Yeah, exactly. And I just walked back to you guys. Um, but she has a very persuasive. Um, she has she's this very persuasive. old man wrapped around her finger. I mean, he's wrapped around the wine bottle. so Which is in she, her hand. Yeah, all she had to do was slide a goblet over to him, and he was like, all right, cool, the and drink. Look at him under her lashes and kiss his ring, and he's like, yeah, do whatever you want. Do whatever you yeah, want. It looked really gross. It looked like it Harvey Weinstein. It, it was an uncomfortable <laughs> moment for all of us. Yeah. Uh, I think everybody in the room there was uncomfortable. I think Father McPhail was very uncomfortable. Nobody nobody liked that. But they say, which was the most shocking part of that whole scene, <laughs> we have a witch. They We've do have a witch. We've captured her. How? I got nothing for you. I got nothing for nobody. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> There's not one instance that I can think that they have shown with the forces that they have, with the, anything that they have, over the course of that first season, that showed me that they're capable of even looking in the direction of a witch without and pissing I their pants. We'll say the witches in the show are crazy OP, and, as and opposed I, to the book. And so, I was and I don't know talking why they did with that. I was talking with Stephen about this too, because um, I was like explaining to him certain things, and I was like, it would seem that. If the witches wanted to, and I understand they they already off the top were like, they don't get into the matters of humans, blah, 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 yakety schmackety. But if they literally wanted to, they could send five. No, they could send four of them to take over the world. And there would seem like there'd be nobody to stop them with it the Superman-like like powers that they have. So in the book, what it, I don't, are they so not So the thing that, that originally got us on this 
no in the in the in our first season of dust watch if you if you remember listening to that is was the fight at bullvanger because we have like three witches in a fight that's supposed to have a fuck ton but the budget was like nah you get three so in order in order to make that work i mean we really got one on screen it was really just seraphina pecola um but in order to make that work they had to put all the the might of that that army of witches that shows up in the book into the one that they could afford on the show and she's fucking crazy like this thing where she's teleporting into people stabbing them teleporting away and she's like smoke no none of that none of that they fly on their cloud pine brooms and they have bow and arrows and like they're good fighters they're very good fighters but like this thing where they're teleporting all over the place nah nah man yeah so i have no answer for you for how they caught them because my answer is just because they just did like they caught her when she was down that's uh, when she was down it, i don't she can turn into smoke people there's a scene later where somebody turns into smoke she can can you grab smoke people no it will just go through your hands so i feel like in the books it's akin to like the elves in lord of the rings where they're very good fighters they're very formidable one-on-one they would probably slaughter uh uh uh, another human or dwarf one-on-one type of thing uh but there are forces that can like that the army in the hobbit uh the the war in the hobbit uh, movie where the dwarves are facing the elves in my mind i was like wow are the elves even going to lose this fight but then you see what the dwarves come with and you're like okay there's a feasible way that they could win this fight too because they look evenly matched so in the book i'm thinking they're more they're nerfed right uh yeah compared to the show yes the show is very very overpowered and then do they show more might of the magisterium though in the book not at i mean not at this level there's not like this giant military presence of of uh magisterium at least at this point in the very beginning of the book there there are things you know that you see them in the first book you're kind of aware that they exist um but this this thing right at the moment not quite um the zeppelins yeah like you're you'll come across scenes especially in the the fight at bullvanger or afterwards um where they talk about like we're fucked because that's you see that we can't fight that zeppelin like we what do we do you you shoot the balloon people (laughs) you shoot the balloon and you let the hydrogen blow up the whole thing or the helium or whatever you that's what you do it's not hard so they did catch a witch and Mrs. Coulter asks if she can be the one to question her. This of is another course. scene that's quite different from the books. Um, oh. they, this, this one, they nerfed this scene for TV. Because when Mrs. Coulter gets there, the woman is already being tortured. And she walks into the room and it's not in the show. It's Ruta Scotty. Ruta Scotty leaves the meeting with the witches that we'll get back to in a moment um, and flies in and, and goes to her. And in the book, it's Serafina Pecola. Who 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 goes and sees what's happening? Um, but yeah, by the time they get there and Miss Coulter, Mrs. Coulter arrives, the woman is on the ground. Her legs are twisted and broken, like they are literally fully torturing this woman. And in the show, they were like, mm, "We're not going to show that. We're not going to." Yeah, do that. she just looks like she just had a few too many drinks, and she's you know hungover. And this this cloud pine scarred into her back thing is absolutely just for the show so i guess that's like kind that, of how though. they're explaining that's how they're explaining witch's flight and how they're explaining her power so she's got this this scar on her back that looks like a pine needle or like some sort of pine branch um and mrs coulter says it's her her cloud pine and that you know this is your your source of power your source of everything and she takes some tweezers and she starts pulling it out of her and i guess the 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 implication is that she's ripping this woman's life force from her 
But I like that. I like that change of anything instead of like the traditional, you know, broomstick or something like that. I like that whole. Uh, it's weird though it's because integrated it integrated into you. It makes what happened in the first season with the cloud pine not really make a whole lot of sense because the reason that the witches knew um, to trust Lyra was that she picked out, if you remember that scene where they were in the city and they said, pick out the cloud pine that belongs to Seraphina Pecola. And mm-hmm. she's in this wall full of them and she grabs one. What do you mean? Why is it there? Why Maybe is it one not falls out. Maybe they shed. Maybe they shed them. Maybe they shed them like snakes. And this they, is what you I don't know. Understand. And like I their mean, power is not like tied to anything. Why is it now tied to this physical thing? Like the only thing they use it for is flying. I mean, I, I have questions. She she just she did say it said that these things are the source of your power. She didn't come out and be like, this is the source of your power. She just said, so they probably don't understand or know at all. But, you know. But, like, why make this change? I don't know. Who is this for? I feel like it's not really a a change that affects the. That's why it's weird, though. Like, what was the the upside to this? uh, I think just a cool description of how. I mean, I mean, I thought it was a cool description of how they uh, have their thing. It's something I haven't seen before. With, cowards, uh, they didn't want to show them beating somebody. With uh, oh no, the beating is a different thing. But the description <laughs> of their 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 power, I think, it's something different you haven't seen in a bunch of different type of iterations of the character witch. You know, you kind of get the same thing over and over in every different iteration. This was just a new way of doing it, and I, I mean, I thought it was fine. But you said, uh, let's go back, as you said, it's not the girl that was there. It's the the head other, the, the one that goes right. there. So they, they, they didn't really introduce Ruta Scotty all that well. So Ruta Scotty is also a queen. So there are multiple witch clans, and each clan has their queen. Serafina Pecola, who the, the, the witch that we know, is the queen of her clan um, from Lake Anara. And Ruta Scotty is the queen of the Latvian um, witches. So they're, they're, they're comparable in rank if you want to if that's how you want to think about it Um, she was the one being interrogated before ruta scotty did you say she was the one interrogated in the books no no it was that um she wasn't the one that went to go find oh she wasn't the one that went you said okay okay i thought you were saying okay okay all right yeah the witch in the books i don't know that they ever name her um i think she's just kind of there and then she dies uh but we kind of skipped over a little bit of that that witch meeting. So we 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 do see Lee Scoresby. We see my man Lee, uh, who finds the witches, finds himself uh, kind of in the middle of a witch council, which he did not expect, and he is very uncomfortable with. I don't see why. I mean, I mean, they brought you to the table, bro. Like he's uh, just very nervous. Like he he goes into that aware that this is not a place where men are allowed and that it's like a a huge honor for them to even allow him to speak and to be a part of their decisions and their deliberations and that like the fact that they would put any weight behind his words is is very much an honor for him and he's like really nervous to talk to them i okay so in this scene he gets um or he goes and he's going to try to get information about a specific person to see if that person has some type of uh, item that can protect Lyra, right? Stanislas Grumman. Do you remember that name? we've heard him. Yeah, no, yeah. He's the dude from season one, the head, right? Yes, he is the head that was presented, that Lord Azrael presented to get his findings, or to get his funding. And so nobody knows, I'm guessing, that he's a head now. Uh, (laughs) So, or at least anybody in that courthouse. Well, the implication, and that they didn't really hit on so much um, in the show, is that 
they they are aware, quote unquote, that he's dead. Lee just thinks that he's alive. He thinks it's a lie. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Lee is aware of the, you know, the rumors of his death. And um, I'm trying to remember if he's even, like, if he knows about the head. But no, Lee is very much, you know, of the mind that I think this guy is actually alive. Okay. So, so that's his new thing. He's like, I think this guy's alive. I think he has this item that will offer some sort of magical protection. And my entire purpose in life right now is to get that for Lyra. So what I wanted to see from that scene then, and and I understand this is why I wanted to see this, because he said, just like what you said, of his entire purpose is now my job, my goal in life is to protect this child. When they, when uh, the other one, Ruth, Ruthie. Ruth Scotty. Thank you, Ruta. When she came in and they started to have their side discussion uh, about, you know, hey, this is what we all need to be doing now, blah, blah, blah. Um, I wanted Lee to just be like, you know, hey, all right, this is you guys' thing. I've already got my mission. You know, thanks for the 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 cell phone to contact you anytime I can. Um, you know, I'm out. To just kind of show his focus. That's what he does in the books. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, that makes more sense to just be like, all right, not stick around and just be like, I'm just going to listen. And then Hester be like, you know, you know, I don't think this involves us. And then he'd be like, quiet. Like, no, bro, you got your, you got your orders or you got your, your, your mission. It's time to go do it. You know, each time that she's not in your sight could be another moment that she could be dead. So I need to, go and do this yeah no he he talks in the in the meeting he talks about how um he's scared for her and he's he's worried for her and that he you know he never married and he never had a child but if he ever had a child he would want it to be lyra and he loves that girl like she was his own and her own parents failed her in every way but maybe i can be better than them she needs somebody to do it i'm willing to do it and like that's his whole thing it's been three days it's been three days wow well i'm really bummed that they they left that out because that's such a big part and there's a couple places where they might they might they might put that but like the fact that he feels so strongly about her and that in his mind she's she's his child like that he will kill for her he will die for her he will do anything for her because she has nobody else who will and he's gonna do it um and he like straight up tells what she's like i you know you got this whole thing going on this is what i'm doing if it helps you great i'm really glad for that but like this is what i'm doing this is my plan and this is how this is gonna go i just love lee a lot good lord he's a good man i really good like lord. him and then uh yeah and then seraphina gives him a little she gives him a little flower and says if you hold on to this and you say my name anywhere anytime wherever you are i will find you i will hear you i will come to you immediately how fast how fast are we talking are you talking about uh 30 minutes wow well, it's not a pizza. what are we looking at Okay, all right. I'm just saying. Good lord. What if I'm attacked by something? Can I call her and she's there in like a minute? These are questions that should have been asked wow. by Lee, is what I'm saying. He was very overwhelmed. Okay. All right. And then this meeting actually goes on a little bit longer and they left out some stuff that is gonna make me curious how this season goes. So I won't say anything about what they left out right now. But uh oh, wow. okay. That's this cool. this season there's going to be some things that I'm really interested to see if they're going to go full throttle on um, because they got some choices to make about how they want to do this. And if they if they want to adapt it as it is, if they want to kind of censor some things, if they want to kind of make some things more palatable, like this is the season where they really they those decisions are made on on how they're how it's going to play out. And I am 
curious to see what direction we're going to fall in. I kind of feel like already with the absence of the broken legs of a uh, interrogated witch <laughs> that you're going to be disappointed in the direction that they choose to go with. Well, it's not necessarily even, it's not the violence, although that was just kind of like a, that was almost just like a, like we're trying to make this more, I guess, palatable to a, a younger audience, although the, the show is still very dark. Maybe it's a ratings thing. I don't know how UK ratings work. I, I don't think it's that dark, though. Like, I mean. Killed a child. Yeah, a child. but they didn't, like, shoot the child in the head. So it's not, I mean, they. They're like, there again, was no blood. It doesn't count. Yeah, exactly. No blood, no foul. That's that's basically what it is. He, I mean, how do we know he's dead? He could faint it. He's dead. Roger so is dead. To- Lyra said so. Lyra said we had oh, a friend because, and because he died. The, the the habitual liar is the one that I'm going to listen to. She doesn't and trust. lie to Pan. Okay, she All lies right. to everybody else. Okay, all right. What uh, else happened? <laughs> <laughs> so so back in Chitagatse, uh Lyra and Will are kind of trying to figure out if they're going to be buddies or not. Lyra uh-huh. immediately leaves. She sees that he doesn't have a demon, and she bounces. Which. She's like, I wish that would have been more like I would have felt like she needed to more from season one, like just very untrusting of people or things that don't have those. But like, I didn't feel like she needed to just back out and be like, no, no. Well, and you probably remember, like I had that reaction to a few times in the show uh, in season one where I was like, they've never made it clear how terrifying it is to see somebody without a demon. The show never made that clear. Yeah, and they still have not. And they still haven't, but they but then they 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 put this in where she's clearly scared of him for that. In that moment she's afraid. That's why she leaves. She doesn't trust him. Something about him is off and she she leaves. And that's why I was so like gung-ho about it in season 1 as I was like you don't understand watching this show that it's it's like seeing somebody walking around without a head. So like on the one hand, you're glad that like I'm glad that they put this in here that like she's clearly wary of him because of it. But on the other hand, like it doesn't follow. Like this doesn't track. I mean, and it it's I don't think it ever is going to in the show because also they kind of just meet up moments later, <laughs> like not even she does track her down. She and she and Pan are talking, and that's when she gives her you know Pan wants to to be friends with him. Lyra doesn't. She's like, we had a friend. He died. We're done with that. We don't need friends anymore. We're on our own. Uh, yeah. And Will is like, maybe we should stick together. Because he's the hero of the story, clearly. Which is and also, he's... we're getting a different, we're getting a different Will in the show, I think, than we're getting in the books. And I'll be, I'll, I'm curious to see how his character plays out over the next handful of episodes. Why Why so? Like, what traits, at least, I'll say. Well, he's, he's not quite as gung-ho about, like, being buddy-buddy with Lyra in, in the book. Like, he's not the one, like, he's not chasing her down and, like, you know, we have to be friends. Like, we have to do this together. Like, we have to stick together. This is what we're doing. Um, he's kind of just like, I'm doing what I'm doing. Like, you were here first. That's chill. I'm going to stay in this room over here. Uh, we both happen to be here. We're in different worlds. That's weird, right? Okay. But he's not, you know, he's not he's not chasing her down and being like, we have to work together. That's what we're doing now. But he's also twelve, and we also he have the backstory 12. of him dealing. Well, I mean, in the in the um, sorry, he you know, so he's also twelve. So you have to think about that in the book. But in the show, he's older, and he's dealt with strange things. I guess you know, with his mom being a little paranoid or a lot of paranoid. Um, 
Lord Boreal sending uh, assassins basically to uh, you know, to his door and him dealing with them. He's already murdered a person. So, uh, you know. Accidentally. It was kind of Moxie's fault. You know, he didn't really mean to. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that the cat's fault. I will uh, <laughs> I'll give it and to you. And he still loves cats and he still rescues cats. Mm, that's, just, that's just a good guy nature. That's just a wow. good guy trope. You know, he had to. He had to. But I, I do so think they're really. You would never rescue a cat? Uh, uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, we, if the situation arises, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, <laughs> but I think they are writing him as this kind of very innocent, pure character juxtapose Lyra. I we feel. We shall see. We do eventually meet. Uh, we, we do eventually see that uh, Chitagatse is not completely empty. We tackle some kids real quick, right off the bat. Yeah. Yes. She and whole ass linebacker tackled them. I don't understand why. It was interesting. It was it was odd. Uh, I got no answer for you other than I guess that's Lyra. Okay. Tackle first. Right. Ask questions later. Um, that, so we meet okay. Angelica and Paula, which was a weird. So Paula in the book is Paolo. He's a boy. He's Angelica's little brother. So they just um, put an A on there to make it more uh, feminine I guess pronunciation. I was like, yeah, I saw her. I was like, okay, I guess that's Angelica. And I guess that's, okay, we're just not going to have Paolo. Oh, no, we do. He just is a girl for Okay, this is weird. But all right. Um, so we meet Angelica and Paola, who uh, are from Chitagatse, maybe? Uh, and they, they kind of tell us about the specters. I would guess they're from there. I mean, they had knowledge about things that are going on around there. Um but what's her name? Uh, not Paola. What's the other one? Angelica. Angelica just seems shady, of course. And I hate the trope in every story, movie, whatever, of one person saying the name of something. And then somebody being like, what is that? It's nothing. You literally just said the name of something. What are you talking about? So That's like me going like, like oh, my God. Yeah, like, oh, my God. Uh, but what about Tulio? And then like, who's Tulio? It's nothing. Nobody. Like, no, it's clearly something. It's clearly somebody. You just said it. Like, we're not going to so, act like two seconds ago you didn't say something. Angelica is telling them about the specters. She's very wary of the fact that they don't know specters. The fact that they don't know is clearly indicative of something being wrong. So she tells them about specters, which are these, these creatures that you can't see if you're a kid. Uh, but when you grow up, you can see them and they something they take your insides and they, they take your you know, insides, take your insides yeah. out and anything that makes you human is no longer there you compared them to dementors which is an apt description um yeah and she says yeah. that she says that will is you know they don't you know you can't see him because you're you're still a girl but this guy you know he's about to grow up he's close to the change the other girl says oh like tulio so who's tulio yeah. nobody don't worry about Tulio. You don't I hate I, like that's when the interrogation starts. That's <laughs> when I'm I'm cornering you and be like, no, you're telling me everything I need to know about Tulio. Especially if I'm close to the change, I need to know what the heck where Tulio is, what he's doing to keep these Dementors away from me. And what yeah, a way no. to call it too, the change. That's so yeah. ominous. I mean, they could have gone, you know, like, hey, he's close to the change. She's close to the bleed. So if that, ha- if that, <laughs> that happens, terrible. if that happens, they they're coming for you. So 
But here's the other thing: when they were talking about that, you know, they had they clearly had knowledge about all these these things that are going around. How does society grow and build if these things were always around? So this must be something new. It's a very like, good question. It couldn't have just always been around because it would just been a, a land full of kids, and they wouldn't have been able to have all those shops up and running and all this architecture and all that type of stuff going on. So it's clearly something new. I will say that there comes a point where you have that kind of knowledge. Like there, there, we do know those things. Um, I will, it's not a spoiler, but like I'll hold off for a while and see if the show is going to explain it. And if they don't, then I'll just tell you. Um, But the show, I mean, it does address that fact. Like that is like almost exactly as you said, it is how does a society grow in something like this? So there is, you know, there is going to be that. It will be addressed. I mean, Um, I guess the world did survive. Like Europe survived uh, back in like the real dark ages when life expectancy was like 21. So I guess there, you know, I guess there may have been a way. Yeah, exactly. You had to work a lot harder at a younger age, you know. But whatever. Uh, Will and Lyra uh, spend some more time together. He makes her omelette, omelette, as she says. Yeah, an omelette du fromage, maybe. She, if he wow. found some cheese somewhere around, you know. She thinks he's a kitchen boy because he can cook, and she's never seen a fridge in her life. There's a really cute scene in the in in the in the book that isn't really important, so it's not a huge deal that they cut it out. But there's a really cute scene where he opens a fridge and finds like a can of Coke. He's like, "Oh, they have Coke in this world. Okay, so it's not that different." And he gives it to her, and she doesn't know how to open a can. And she's never seen soda before. And like, it's just this moment of her guzzling soda for the first time and experiencing carbonation and having no idea what's happening. So I've, I, I've seen that in real life. My cousin, I was there the first time she ever had soda as a child. And I remember that we were in, uh, I think the hospital visiting my grandfather and my aunt gave my soda, uh, gave, uh, my niece, not my niece, what good Lord, my cousin, um, a orange soda for the very first time. And I remember her drinking it, squinting really hard. And then when my aunt was like, okay, let me take it away from me. She's like, no, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) She just, I was like, all right, now she's hooked forever on this stuff. So that would have been a cool scene to see. Yeah. That would have been something. I mean, it was just a cute moment and it would have been a good, like that kind of thing is a very easy way to show just how different it is. Like the fact that she doesn't understand what a fridge is. So she had been she had been there not really eating. She'd been living off of like stale bread and bruised fruit because she didn't know what a refrigerator was and that there would be food inside of it and that it was cold and that it would keep things. So she But like, there's nothing like that in this world on the TV show. It looks like it's an old uh, I guess they didn't well no, because they, they, there was no technology outside of lights. Angelica and her friend pull out like um they pull out like, like bottles of I guess lemonade soda or something or, or yeah something but it wasn't I, they didn't show them pull it from a refrigerator they just had them outside of a building and then they just like had a roll under her arm which is gross because now you got a musty piece of bread <laughs> her, her that she's armpit gonna, bread yeah like what but they yeah they never showed any other technology besides a street light and a shower system or like some water system. And I just assume since they're a city by the sea, which, you know, it kind of looked like that. Okay. Yeah. They figured out how to get water to them. Duh. That's easy. But electricity is a thing there. I just don't know. It feels like it's an old town. It doesn't feel like it's a modern town. And if you're saying in the book, he was like, oh, there's Coke, a, like a brand in this refrigerator. I wouldn't have got that from where they're at in okay. the show. And maybe it's just the fact that, like, 
A, they're almost always there in the daytime. So it's not like they're turning on lights and everything and, and there's a lot of stuff running. And B, it kind of looks like it's like a, a sleepy little harbor town anyway where you wouldn't see like, you know, billboards or whatever. True. Um, but yeah, the and technology-wise, the world that they're in is much closer to Will's than Lyra's. Um, at one point, like he talks to her about the shower and in the book, she she says something about the fact that like he's like, you know, you need to clean yourself. And she says, I don't know how to wash my hair. I've never had to do that before. Servants Are you do that. serious? That's yeah, the, she doesn't okay. know how to okay, wash her no, hair. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, okay, all right. And that's like, kind of like it it creates this divide of how different this is from everything that Lyra knows. Like everything like her whole life, she's grown up around wealth, even if it wasn't necessarily her own, but like she had servants who cooked for her, who cleaned for her, who washed her, who did everything for her. So the idea that this guy knows how to cook, that he would ever ask her to clean, that he would tell her that she needs to bathe herself, like this is all new for her. So then Ed makes the character that much less believable to get to where she's at without dying. That's oh, what wow. I feel. If she's been that sheltered and kept for, I feel like. Well, and I wonder, she- again, if it's continuing that trend that I felt last season of them changing things to make her more likable. Like, you're less likely to like a character who goes, like, I wouldn't do that. That's a servant's job. Like, you're not going to like that. That's not going to sit well. Or, you know, you're not going to necessarily sympathize with a 12 year old or 13 year old girl who doesn't know how to wash her hair if that is the character that you're going to follow throughout the whole series and she doesn't change after the first five episodes of the season one then yeah they're not going to do that because if she's still doing this in book two then i don't understand how you guys like this character it hasn't (laughs) been like a huge amount of time it, I mean, it, it, there's there's time and then there's experiences. She's yeah. been through a lot. That should change you. Like, that should change your outlook on... a fundamental on... level, it does. But when you still go down to the basics of, like, feeding yourself or the life that you've lived your entire, you know, forever. And it's not even just that, like, her her own, you know, in my life, there's servants and there's other people. and But, and, you know, and everybody else, like, everywhere that she lives, you're either a servant or you're being served. And but that's just the be, way that she sees the world. There should be some type of like, like some type of discovery of, you know, oh, this isn't how the world works. That's you know? what this is. But like you're saying in the book that she's still like, you know, I don't do that. Servants do that. Like type this, of thing. Yeah. As opposed to I've never done well, that because before. It's immediately, the servants well, have always done that. It's immediately followed up by he tells her, you know, I cook so you clean. And she says, no, servants do that. And he says, well, somebody has to and there's nobody here. So and then she does. Like, see, she, she cleans. But, see, but that response, that first response, as opposed to the curious nature of how do things work now? And me saying, well, I've never done that before. It's always been servants as opposed to, well, I don't do that. Servants do that. That wow. Those are two different personalities She's traits. She's 12, and, with everything, and it's her but whole with, world. Again, with everything you've been oh through, again. God. You've been through a whole season one. You've been through a whole book one. Your outlook on the world should change a little. And there should be some type of inclination that it is changing. But it just, you from the way you're telling me how the book is, that she's kind of steadfast in the way her world works. And the rest of the universe is that she discovers will initially bend to her will until they tell her, nah, that ain't how it works. There was no other point where she was told to clean something. There was no other point where she was having to cook food for herself. So the first, this is the first time, this is the moment 
where she's first being confronted with the fact that not everything works like that. And then she does. I'm just saying. This is the moment that you're saying she's having. It's this moment right here. I'm I'm saying the reaction to that, uh, to to Will. Oh, my God. Poor, innocent Will saying, all right, this is how we're going to divvy up the chores here. This is how we're going to divvy up everything. And she's like, nah, I don't do that. So the next morning, she she actually gets very excited. The next morning, she um she opens up a can of Coke that she's you know very excited about, and she makes omelet. That's what she said. She's like, I made omelet. Um, and it's like in the show, like I was my thing in the show. I was like, that looks edible. What is this? Because in the book, it is this charred black hunk of something that looks like it may have at one point been eggs. And she's so happy and she's so proud of it because she made it. That's terrible. I mean, wow. she saw how he made it before. And she saw the coloration of it. So she, why would she think, oh, wait, this she is was wrong. like, nah, this is the way that I do it. This is my way. So, it's but in the show, it, it did look, it did look like she, you know. It was runny. It was a little runny. No, it went besides just runny. There was shells, <laughs> full-blown shell in there. It's she just spices. dropped eggs. It's no. spices. She just it's dropped an egg in a pan and then cooked till she probably saw the same coloring that he had and was like, oh, that's it. That's what wow. it is. And why didn't Will sit down at that table and be like, hey, Lyra, if every demon is like an animal, do you guys even eat animals over there? Like, it's kind of weird, right? Am I crazy? He's processing no? a lot, okay? He's Will looked like he was right comfortable now. as all can be. Whatever. Will he is will, as comfortable as can be. You let him deal with his things in his own way, uh-huh. all right? You leave him alone. Ridiculous. So we're kind of jumping all over the place here, as is as is usual for us. Um, hey, we're still in the at, city. Uh, There's a lot to happen. Back back on the back on our submarine, back on our Magisterium submarine, uh, yes. we're pulling cloud pines out of bodies. Apparently, is how we're torturing, and the witch kind of finally starts to say things. She starts she? to say little things. Um, Coulter brings up Azrael at one point, and the witch says, "Azrael's not your concern." And that's when we kind of start, oh, we're going to start saying things now. So she puts forth that there is a prophecy, which we've kind of heard of a few times now. Um, and she tells Mrs. Coulter that the prophecy is about a little girl named Lyra. Yes. Um, you skipped over the part where Miss um, Coulter was like, yeah, I know he was smashing a witch. Don't, uh, you know, I know oh, he told true. you things. She, she was aware that he took a witch lover, I believe is what she said. Uh, tickle witch okay that's that's what we're wow. calling it um wow. yeah but no she, she kind of there's a prophecy says, about a little girl named lyra and they know her by another name yeah and i initially because they were splicing it back and forth between superman flying in and uh her being interrogated but they said the what was the witch's deities our deity yambe aka yeah, because she was like, Yambayanka, help me, or something like that. Or- yeah. yeah, she gets to that point. She says, she says, you know, they know her by another name. And then when Mrs. Coulter asks her for the name, she says, Yambayaka, come to me. So Yambayaka is the witch's goddess of death. So at that point, she's asking to, to die. She's saying. I thought she was calling Lyra that. That's what I was saying. <laughs> I, I could sense that at the time. I was like, that could be misconstrued. But no, Yambayaka. And, and I mean, to their credit, Ruta Scotty does say. Um, or her her demon, I think, says, you know, he called for Yambe Aka, she calls for death. But that was not made super clear. Yeah, no, nah, because I was like, oh, okay, so she's she's clearly Yambe Aka right there. All right, there it is. Confirmed. And 
It's, it doesn't she really just make a it. ton of sense because again, this is another this is another instance of the witches being OP because there's no earthly reason that Ruta Sky should be able to hear this woman talking miles away because in the, again in the book, Serafina is in the room. She's just invisible, or she's what the witch's equivalent to invisible is. I was, oh, is okay, okay. I was yeah, I was about to say let's let's stop right there. They can turn invisible now. Like this they, is. They have a spell basically that they can do. It's not easy, so it's it's a difficult spell. But where you're not invisible, but nobody takes any notice of you. Like somebody will look at you and then look away and forget they even saw you. Like you don't exist. Like Drax the Destroyer or something like <laughs> yes. that. What is this? Yes. So you okay. can stand in a whole crowd, and she's standing there in the room, and there's a bunch of people in the room torturing this witch, and she's standing there and she's listening to everything the woman's saying, and nobody can see her. And it's at that point when the witch starts to say, you know, they know her by another name and she starts calling for Yambe Aka and she's like, okay, I'm standing two feet from you, which is why I can hear you. And now I'm going to kill you. And then she does have to fight her way out. Okay. Because once she breaks that spell, she's visible again. Uh, yeah. I mean, like in every video game, once you attack, you you, be, you break the invisibility, but whatever. I understand. But part of what helped her and part of what, what got her on the ship in the first place in order to, to do her whole spell and what, what kind of helped her get out in the confusion is that there are witches still working with the Magisterium, which yeah, the that show is, is kind of just tossed out. Yeah, that is not a thing at all. That is not a thing whatsoever. Because like when she's um, running out and she's trying to escape, she runs into a guard and she just like acts like she's one of, she's like, one of the witches is escaping, go get her. And then she just fucks off. Okay, because that would make sense on how they would capture one if they had some working for them. Yes. But if they don't show that and they're not going to show that and they don't say that that's a thing, then I'm just going to believe that, you know, Annette, maybe. <laughs> like, Annette. I don't know what, like, there's no proof. But no, yeah, yeah that, that thing doing- was... They're going in an interesting direction with the witches because even at the even at that meeting, like Ruta Scotty was there and she was saying, you know, we all have to go rescue Katya. That's what we have to do. That was never a part of the meeting at all. Like that didn't matter. I think the, the I think Katya or I guess whatever she was called preceded the meeting. Um, so they're they're kind of taking some some liberties with the, I guess, motivations of the witches, um, mm-hmm. which they they'll continue to explain throughout. I don't think uh, they will. Well, I, I think know, we'll see. I think I mean, these, they'll, they'll these, have to. these series of events, uh, I think they're just going to leave them the way that they are. I think most likely they're going to just be like, well, you know, this is just how we perceive it. This is how we're going to write it, you know, and deal with it, basically. Uh, what else? What else? And Cheetah got say these kids don't like cats. That's how you know this is an evil city. Uh, no, <laughs> actually, I thought it was more of a fair and just city once I saw that. Wow. How um, dare you? They really are just like attacking a cat randomly in the city for no reason. And I don't know if it's obvious in the show, but it's the same cat that Will followed in. Yeah, no, it was obvious. I knew that as soon as I saw it. But the thing is, like, there was no, there was no explanation. So, like, uh, once Will grabs the cat. They're not like, hey, that thing is a blah, 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 or something, you know. We're, that's why we're doing what we're doing. It was just we're dicks, <laughs> so we're just gonna attack a so cat. So in in this world that they're in, cats are seen as like um, as evil. So so cats in this in this world are, are seen as evil. So it's oh, okay. and it's it's another thing that puts Lyra and Will as other to these children because these these children see them and and Will picks up the cat who in the book is like pretty hurt. 
Um, and he's, he's cradling it. He's asking like, what's wrong with you? And she's like, you don't know about cats. Like you didn't know about specters. You don't know about cats. You know, who are you? What are you doing here? Okay. So he saves this cat and they, they straight up were like, nah, that thing's evil. We're going to kill it, you know? And then pan turns into a bigger cat and scares them all away. I think she turned into like a mongoose or something. It was in the show. I don't know why it wasn't just a, it, he's a leopard in the book. Cause it's a big, cat, oh, which makes oh, cause sense. Now he, now he turns into a leopard. Okay. <laughs> but when the monkey was on his back, nah. Okay. Budget. Yeah. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Okay. I mean, that scene, like I said, they didn't really, they didn't really explain to me why the children. Uh, yeah. It just the makes them look are. like assholes, like just for the it sake does. of being assholes. Yeah. It's kind of this like roving gang of, of mean kids. And I mean, guess kids being kids, you know, when all the parents are gone, whatever. Lord of the Flies type of situation. Will takes out an iPhone, which was shocking because I forgot the years are because I just read this book and the book takes place in the 90s. Yeah, but this takes place in the thousands, 2000s. I was not prepared for the appearance of a smartphone. Like, that's what any normal child would be doing it in is, a situation like that. It like, wasn't a bad thing. World. It was just something I was not expecting. And yeah, I, I think just kind of cements Will, like, Will's otherness. Like, it's like, yeah, he's from someplace where this is what you would do. Why wouldn't, and you know what, they can't, because that would mess with the story a lot. What? Of, of him showing Lyra the phone. I wondered about that, but like that takes you off on a whole tangent that like just isn't necessary. That's what I'm saying, though. But like that would actually help solidify even more, you know, that they're from two different worlds. And when she's like, well, what are you doing? And I'm taking a picture, you know, with this device, you know, and then she you know, shows me. She should. She's seen a picture before. Photogram is. Okay, but it's a photo. (laughs) Like, both have the same root words if you want to go into the detail of it. Jeez. So, yeah. He was like, I'm just taking a... Well, no, I guess he wouldn't have called it a photograph. No young kids would be like, oh, I'm taking a photograph. Like, no. He'd be like, I'm, you know, snapping a pic or something. You know, I'm I don't know what selfie. you kids say. What a, see, that's what they should have done. No, no, that's not That's necessary. what they should have totally done. That would have added more and no connection to them. And then by the end of the season, when something drastic happens, we can cut back to that photo of, of nicer wow. times. Okay. See? I'm sorry that I should have been directing this, but they whatever. They find a specter victim. So, yeah. And he just looks like he's been cut. That's all yeah. it does. That's what all Lyra it immediately like. recognizes. She, yeah. And why she's, she's a little, she's very compassionate with him because she recognizes what he is. And he's doing, like, I guess, a, just a regular, I guess, mundane task that he would have been doing normally if he was still, It's probably you know, whatever, he, whatever he was doing when he got attacked. It's probably just whatever he was in the middle of, and you just stood uh, there. Ah, okay. Because that, that, I mean, that is kind of what, what generally happens, is that the, the specters attack, and then they'll just sit down or just stand and stare at nothing wherever they happen to be, because they've got nothing in them anymore. I, I mean, it's, it's definitely interesting that they're going with... Um, this information in this world, it still kind of seems like everything is jumbled and all over the place. Um, nothing is kind of in one giant cohesive, like, like all this evidence doesn't seem to add up to anything just yet. And you know, that's just kind of how stories are in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. Do you Uh, though? Season two though, but season two though. So I mean, I feel, I feel like, like this might be a season 
one repeat where I'm going to get a bunch of new ep- uh, information. And then season three is when all the threads start to align. So there is something called second book syndrome, which I don't necessarily think the subtle knife suffers from, which is essentially where in a trilogy, the second book ends up feeling a lot like not its own story and more of a lead up for what's going to happen. Uh-huh. Um, which I only remember because I just read a book that was like that. Um, I don't think the subtle knife falls into that category. I think it is very much its own story and you're not going to have to do this thing where, you know, you're just getting lead up for season three and then season three is the real story. Like season two is very much should be its own thing and is going to have its okay. own story and its own, its own path to follow. You know what okay. we skipped and I forgot about because it was weird and I didn't expect it. We straight up tried to Myrtle the Cardinal, didn't we? Myrtle. I said Myrtle. Yeah, you murdered her. So uh, tried to murder the cardinal. Yeah, Superman, uh, witch, uh, what's her face? Ruta Scotty. I'm Ruta gonna have to. Scott. She is a queen. You will put some respect <sighs> on that name. First of all, um, whatever. And second of all, <laughs> she's literally a Superman. Everybody, like she is flying through a storm. She transforms into smoke. By the by goes down into a submarine. So that means not only is she... Oh, I mean, it, I guess it was it above was water. It was surfaced. It was surfaced. It was surfaced. So, uh, you know, we'll give him that. But again, not only did she break through a metal door uh, in smoke mode, uh, she landed unharmed, got into where the other witch was in smoke mode, uh, then materialized with, I guess, a weapon knife in her hand or something. Yeah, sure. uh, to to stab and kill the the witch that was being interrogated, and then just smoke out and beat up a bunch of men in the hallway, and then like, oh wait wait wait, I forgot one thing: stab the cardinal in the chest. All yes. right, that's what I needed, and now I'm out. And then I just so the fly away. In the book, is not there. He's not okay. on that ship. Um, so this is all this is all new to me. But yeah, she, I, we thought that the cardinal was dead, um, and he might be soon. So this is Coulter sees this as most things in life as an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Father McPhail comes in. He says, you know, we're going to get him the best medical treatment necessary. You know, that we're going to get him the absolute everything that he could need. And she says, or you could not. Or you could. Yeah. And really blatant about it. Or you could not was just like, uh, yeah, just let him die. Like, you know, or, or. Well, and she, here's she admits an it at some point because at, at, toward the end of their conversation, Father McPhail calls her and he says, This is murder. And she says, Let me do it. I will take on the sin. It will be yeah. mine. So well, she's I mean, clearly I, trying to put him, she's both putting him in a position of power because he is on her side on certain issues that she disagrees with the Cardinal on. And because if she is the one that puts him there, she's got leverage. Yeah. Like, how hard is that for you to see? Clearly, they're not intelligent. Well, I mean, he he says the same thing. He's like, you know, you would do this for me, but what do you get in, in return? What's what's in it for you? And she says that, you know, um, obviously, she will have some freedom to pursue other interests. He asks what interests. She won't say. She's just like, let me do this. Let me kill him. Let me, I'll kill him for you. I'll kill him. And I guess Terrible. he just, like, agrees to it. Yeah, they kind of leave it uh, in the air. But you can see that he was like, yeah, my, I mean, He's like, I ahead. could be the cardinal. But then it just goes back to like as quickly as uh, what's her name, Ru- Ruth, Ruta got in there. Ruta, Ruta, Ruth, Rutha. 
Ruda. Uh, Scotty. Ruda. As quickly as Ruda got in there. I hate you. Think hate about, you okay, think about this, though, Emma, honestly, and why these writers would do this decision, like, decide to write it this way. These are high-ranking members of an organization that, for lack of a better term, rule the world, right? Yes. You would think highest priority of of security and, you know, all these protocols to keep these people safe would be in place. She got in there like it was a walk into a restaurant and was able to stab one of the highest ranking members in there. So how are these people in power when one person from an organization can just waltz into wherever you are and tear you apart? I have no answer for you because A, he's not supposed to be there and B, she's not supposed to be that powerful. Like there's your answer. I got nothing for you. So that's why I'm wondering why the writers decided to di- go that route because it just it takes me out of the f- the idea that these people are a threat. They're not a threat in the snap of a they're finger. They're just people. But like that's what I'm saying. Like they're I don't understand. And you have these super beings over here. How are they? You know, even in the like the Justice League type of situation, you'd be like, well, why didn't they just take over this planet? Well, it's because the the powers that be there all have nuclear, 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 good Lord. I can't even say the word (laughs) nuclear weapon capabilities that could wipe these superheroes off the planet. So there's, there's a kind of like, okay, in the arms race, we both are equal, but in this one, it just, it just like some dudes with guns. That's all it is. Like, it's just a dude with guns. When these other people can turn invisible, turn into smoke, fly super fast, get anywhere they want to. Like, what we, who am I supposed to be afraid of here? I'm more afraid of these witches. What are yeah. they doing? What are their problems? What could they get up to? You know, when are they well, going to turn? And the weird thing is, we're supposed to know that at this point because in that in that witch council meeting, we we hear what they are going to do. Like they, Ruta Scotty lays out what she wants to do, lays out the plan that she wants. You know, everybody to follow, and they all kind of agree to it. And it Which wasn't was there. Oh, so I'm gonna. I'm holding gonna say, it I missed for, that. No, I'm. I'm gonna hold it for now because I'm gonna give the. They have like maybe maybe they put it in next episode. Like, but if they're if they're gonna skip over this because this is very early in the book. Like we know very early on exactly what the plan is here. Um, okay. like within twenty pages. So the fact that they're gonna skip over it this episode. If they skip over it again next episode, we'll talk about it. Um, I and that's kind of what I'm where I'm at of like they're gonna make this choice and maybe this epi- maybe the fact that it's not in here is the choice they're gonna make the choice about whether they want to tell this story as it was written or they're gonna censor certain parts of it to make it more palatable and it's gonna be that's gonna be part of it and I'm gonna how be annoyed. Feel? I was gonna say how will you feel afterwards when with the decision? I'll be annoyed for the same reason we talked about last time. We're like if you're gonna like why would you even pick to adapt something if you if you don't like such a solid chunk of it, such a, a part of what it is. And because you bought purpose. it as a child, you and millions of other people bought it and it's profitable. Oh, wow. That, that's what, wow. it, <laughs> that's what so, it is. Say, and you know what I thought about it as I was reading, because lately they've been this big uh, resurgence of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has come out of nowhere, like with um, cartoons and artwork. But the original source material, do you know they killed people? That sounds right. Yeah. But they don't do that nowadays. You wouldn't think of Ninja Turtles as murdering people, right? Like, no. They're turtles. They're nice. They're the Ninja Turtles. I mean, they are sewer monsters. I almost 
I almost wanted to call you out of your name. Let's. <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? Are they not? How, are, how, I, you're going to look at me and you're going to tell me that I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah. They're sewer monsters. Yes, I am. They are oh mutated reptiles that live in a sewer and are trained by a rat. And I have enormous. to remember. They're sewer I, monsters. I have to remember that you are uneducated in that world. <laughs> so I will just, I will I back down. But they're like, to get back to my point with the book as well, it's a profitable uh, uh, property. So they want to, you know, they want to give you um, his dark material, his dark material. Ugh, good Lord. His dark materials, but not give you his dark materials. That's what that's. And I, I mean, that's a lot with big companies. It's stupid. It's like, oh, yeah, I want I want this comedian to be my opening act, but I don't want you to do your act. I just want because you're popular. Well, the thing, the problem that we're going to find here is that if they're going to go this route of not leaning into the story, the third book doesn't work. I just realized that if they no, because if they if they leave out this part of it, a big part of the plot of Amber Spyglass becomes moot and they have to create something entirely new. Yeah, that's what I think that like if they do decide to do that, I think that's what they will do. They'll just create something something entirely new so i we'll mean give, I, we'll give them i'll give them some time to yeah. to maybe ease into it maybe they're not going to do it at episode one maybe they're just going to kind of space it out um but yeah that'll be that'll be interesting to see how that plays out you know what and i you know what i will accept it is of what i will you do will. you don't know any better i you don't I will, know any better i will accept the you count saying this stuff and about i will say you know how it's gonna go but you don't i will accept the count and say, you know, thank you. Here's my uh, speech to say, you know, thank you for a story um, that was written for me. Will and Lyra <laughs> decide they're going to stick together. They decide they're going to stick together. And she decides in this conversation that they're having. They start having a conversation, but she mentions the Anbaric lights, which were never mentioned in season one. Um, yeah, you told says, me about it. So whenever I heard it out of her mouth, you know, I... Already knew because you've you've told me about this is the power source in her world and stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah. She mentions, um, you know, the amberic lights, and he says those aren't amberic; that's electric, is what we call it. And she says electrum is a stone and trees and sap. And he says no, that's amber. And they kind of go back and forth on this, like, oh, you know, we have the same shit, we just call it different things. They realize they are both from Oxford. That Which was an Oxford. irritating scene it, because she was like, I'm from a place called Oxford. He's like, Oxford, you got Oxford there. I'm from Oxford. You're from Oxford? I'm from Oxford. You're from Oxford? I was like, all right, we get it, guys. You're both from Oxford. Jeez. The real irritation is that Will is not from Oxford, but whatever. Yeah, he is. He's from He's Oxford. The, wow. the window that he finds is not near his house. It's in Oxford, which is not near his house. He like takes a fucking four-hour bus to get there. But anyway, not important. Um, they In the realize book, he takes a four-hour bo- bus. Yeah, he takes he takes a okay. he takes a pretty long bus ride and like a hitchhike to get to Oxford, and then that's where he finds the window. Okay. Um, but so they decide. Well, Lyra decides that you know nobody in her world and in her Oxford will talk about dust. So maybe somebody in his Oxford will talk about dust. Because clearly, you know, we have a lot of the same things, even if we don't call them the same thing. So I can find somebody in your world that will help me. He's like, ah, it's not really great for me to go back. Like, I got people looking for me. Like, this might not Killed be Killed a person. Me. You know, I got he a couple of bodies. 
caught a just couple of one. bodies a while I was one. One. just saying, you know, I got a rep to maintain. So How dare you? He killed one man. Yes. Yes, he did. But, but here's he the thing. Agree. Why wouldn't he why wouldn't he explain to her right then and there? Because <laughs> they had the discussion where she was like, you know, dust. And he's like, I'm pretty we got dust, but I'm pretty sure it's not the same thing that you're talking about. And then they go into the sin and he's like, yeah, nah, it's not. That's not what I'm talking about. So why wouldn't he tell her right then and there? Be like, I don't think there's anybody, you know, that you could talk to in my Oxford that's going to tell you if you keep calling it that at least. You're going to have to describe it. They've realized that even if it's a different word, it's the same concept. So I think she kind of are. I think you're just left to imply that, like, she understands that. Okay. I mean, I I guess. He does agree. He does agree. He says they'll go first thing in the morning. They'll go to his world. Correct. Uh, and then they kind of go their separate ways. So this is the first time in the episode that Lyra actually picks up and uses the alethiometer. And she doesn't so really wait, want you, to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, she, no, no, no. Because your, your, your audio messed up for a second. Oh. So wait, this is the first time she uses alethiometer. Because when you were saying she messed up, uh, she's the first time she used alethiometer. So start from there. Okay. I'm putting a timestamp in there. So this is the first time that she really picks up and actually uses the alethiometer. And she's very, like, doesn't want to. She's very reluctant to. And Pan kind of asks her, like, you know, what would you ask it? And she's like, you know, I would ask it if my mother is still looking for me. Uh, if my father, you know, what's he doing? Would Roger forgive us? You know, what do we do now? And she finally asks, she's like, okay, I don't want to use it, but we do have to know if we can trust Will. So she asked it about Will. And... It straight up tells her he's a murderer. Yeah, but I was kind of more interested in why it landed on the the little skull candle looking thing twice. It but doesn't does it matter. Say that in the... It does not matter. Okay. All right. All right. I just maybe so, thought it was more important. I'm sorry for no, world building in, in this book, mofo. At this point in the book, whenever Lyra uses the alethiometer, and really like much through uh, book one, it doesn't tell you anymore what it lands on because it doesn't matter. It All it tells you is that she sees what it lands on and she can read it. So it's like, she asks a question, she reads it, boom. It doesn't have to say, oh, it will lands on this and then this and then this. It does not matter. Thought it would, you know, teach you as you're reading, but whatever. It does okay, not, I guess, because it's not I guess not. does not. I mean, okay. Um, but yeah, she asks it and it says he's a murderer. And she's, she tells me, she's like, oh, it says he's a murderer. And then they add shit. They what? add a shit. Good- He's because a good she murderer. She never says, she says, oh, because in the show, she goes, oh, but the good kind, like Yorick Bernison. No, bullshit. Absolutely not. So she, in the book, finds out he's a murderer and just is like, I will does she have a different reaction? I have it marked. So she had, right. asked, she had asked the alethiometer. Okay, so it says she had asked, what is he, a friend or an enemy? The alethiometer answered, he is a murderer. When she saw the answer, she relaxed at once. He could find food and show her how to reach Oxford, and those were powers that were useful, but he might still have been untrustworthy or cowardly. A murderer was a worthy companion. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. (laughs) Why would she instantly relax? This kid would have been dead two (laughs) seconds in the real world. In any world. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Who hears the word murderer (laughs) and is like, oh, thank God that's a murderer. No. (laughs) What? That's the dumbest thing I've ever he's heard not of. not going to murder her. Like, he's not. Well, how does like, she not, know? Whatever. Says so she felt as safe with him as she'd felt with Yorick Bernison, the armored bear. I, I, 
But yeah, so they're in the show, they're oh like, oh, God. no, we got to make this make sense. So she's got to say he's the good kind of murderer. Because it doesn't make sense <laughs> in the book. It doesn't. I relaxed. I said, oh, okay, this is cool. He's a mur- I thought he was something else. He's a murderer. That's, whew, good Lord. That's, okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense in the show. Thank you, show. Bravo. Wow. How dare Bravo. you? Bravo. How dare Bra- you? Bra freaking vo for that. Yes. Because that would have been so, that would have been so bad. I'm sorry. Yeah, so he's a murderer. I mean, maybe they, maybe in the, I don't know, maybe the author could have used a different word. No, you know, you're, you're thinking of an excerpt. It makes sense in the context of, of who she is and her character in the book. Like, it just, just, that's who she is. Like, she, she trusts that she can take care of herself. She trusts that she can take care of herself. She knows that this kid can help her find food. He's resourceful. But, like, she, there's always the worry that, like, maybe after all of that, like, he's a coward. But if he's a murderer, then he's not. And, you know, he can take care of himself. He can help me out here. And I can trust that he won't run at a fight. That's so the chill. dumbest thing I've ever heard of. If wow. she, if it said he was a – because a murderer can be a coward. <laughs> oh, my God. So <laughs> – she's so i will much. remind you again that she is 12 i will remind you again that she's been through a lot that she's she's been, that experiences also shape a character and we're on book two now we're on book two now you have been through a war you have been through tricking been through bears you've been tricking you've been through tricking tricking bears you have seen your closest friend get murdered and you're just like, okay, yeah, I, I'm good with murderers. Yes, good, good. Wow. Mm, that's a tough one. That's a tough one, Lyra. It's a tough one for you to just be all calm, cool, and collected when this thing that has never lied to you just told you, oh, yeah, that's a that's a murderer right there. And okay. he is. He's a murderer. I want to see you, the listener out there, be as calm, cool, and collected as she is when somebody says, there's a murderer next Well, you're next not to Lyra, you. are you? Yeah, clearly. Oh, no, because I am intelligent. <laughs> I am intelligent. She is not. You need to just read if these this books book, after this series. If this book does not end with her getting accidentally hit by a car just because she didn't look both ways as she crossed the street, then I don't understand what the purpose Good of this God. book is. That's I'm just are, saying. I don't think there are cars in Chittagatse. I'm were talking about when she goes to Wills, when she goes finally goes to Oxford. Wow. That's 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 what I'm expecting. Book three to be Lyra in a coma because Will forgot to tell her to look left and right when she crosses the street. And then it's the adventures of Will and Boreal. Good that's God. What's going, that's what's going Good on. Good God. <laughs> so Will, after all of this, takes he finally picks up that green leather writing case that he took from his, his mom's house that was the thing that they were after. And decides to start reading the letter. So he goes outside. He sets up a nice little spot to read. Pulls out his letters. And then starts having visions. So is that not a thing? No. Ah, so they're adding superpowers to Willie. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. So So. it it shows it shows the knife. It shows a knife. It does show a um, knife. And it feels like he is drawn to something. That's what I that's what I got from that. It is that is that is what it feels like. Okay, because I got no up. answers for you because I have no idea what they're doing. Wow, wow! I don't know. I like it. I mean, I don't know what kind of supernatural if, shit we're getting if, into here. 
if he's if he's the, the a part of the prophecy, give him a little uh, a little superpower. So he, he starts there. having some fucking fever dream visions of a knife. He gets up and looks at the tall tower off in the distance, and some ghostly thing is is chilling behind him. Which I guess are supposed to be the specters that we can't see. I don't know what we're doing. Hey, we know what it is because they showed it a little bit in the beginning, or not the beginning, but like um earlier in the episode yeah so i mean it's it's the specters you know we we know exactly what it is so okay it, it, clearly what's in the notes hasn't been revealed in the show because it you couldn't even read it they didn't do like a camera shot on it or anything like that all right the letters he was looking at yeah but i i feel like if it was a thing where maybe the knife was in the letters could they have played it to like that? Like he read and be like, oh, wait, I saw this earlier. I took a picture of this, this tower earlier. You know, I have no fucking clue. Okay. Because I was about to I say, because I'm like, I am a total I, blank here. This is all new. I don't know what they're doing with these visions. I don't know where they're going with this. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like it. You know, I, I like when you say you no, don't know. No, you, because you, I that's love exactly it. it. The only reason I you love like it is because it. I don't know something that you don't know. I that's, love that's a, I understand it. that that's an unknown feeling for you. You're not used to that. That's I always know things possible. <laughs> I get that. No, I get that. Whatever. Know, but we just 10 minutes ago talked about a whole universe of the Teenage of Mutant Ninja monsters? Turtles. That you, anyway. But no, it's like we can now go on this new journey of Will with superpowers together. No, no. And, and he, he is can a 12-year-old boy. He's First of all, let's put some respect on his age. He is 14. Wow. He is almost at the change. Okay. I actually want to look up how old this guy is. He is almost at the change. The actor is like 30. Let's let's be honest. You know, I'm gonna guess that he's 16. I'm gonna guess that he's 17, almost 18. But keep talking. I'll look it up. Okay. So I mean, it's it didn't take me out of anything because I'm guessing in the book he has to make his way to that tower for for the the subtle knife. Um and <laughs> and uh that's just one way for them getting there. Now, if they continue to do that through the series, then, okay, you got an argument. So, like, if something crazy happens and a bit of information needs to happen, you know, for the characters to to move forward, and then all of a sudden, uh, Ex Machina happens where he gets these visions of some nunchucks that they need to go get, then, yeah, then you have a case of, yeah, none of this is in the book of where he's got all these Professor X you know, <laughs> mental powers or something like that. But if not, then hey, you know, it's fine. Little little push, little nudge to Good one God. direction. That's he is cool. sixteen, by the way. I was right. Oh, there, there it is. He is almost of the change. Wow. That's that's you know. He's twelve. You know, he is not. And I, okay, it's going to be interesting though to see uh, if they do sprinkle more of these superpowers in that you're not aware of. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing. So I guess we'll have to wait till next Sunday. Yeah. See, now I'm actually excited for us to go on this unknown journey together. Wait, can Uh, you see what the next episode is called? What was the name of this episode again? So this episode was was called The City of Magpies. And magpies are a small, I'm guessing, uh, bird bird that lives near uh, oceans, correct? I, sure. I know it's a bird. <laughs> okay. I'm an ornithologist. What the fuck do I know? I mean, you read the books. I figured that this was a chapter no, name in the not. book. No, it's not. 
I don't know where Mag- they got that from. Wow, I just Googled magpie, and um, yeah, it's just a, a little small bird. Well, now you know. The more you know, people. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so uh, how do you want to uh, wrap this one out? I will tell you that episode <laughs> two is called is The called. Cave. That means, so I'm, you know what I'm guessing then? I'm guessing they're not going to focus too much on the two characters that we got here. On Will and Lyra? Yeah. Only because it seems like Will's about to either get taken by the Dementor or somehow get away from it, you know, uh, because he's important. Make his way up to that tower that he took a selfie in front of. And um, Lyra will just be there with him. You know, she's a side character at this point. So Excuse you. (laughs) So... I'm guessing we're going to focus on maybe somebody else, maybe uh, Lee Scoresby trying to find uh, the the whatever amulet or something to protect Lyra with. You know, maybe Magical it's in a cave. protection item. What? That could be anything. Wow. You book basically readers, just said. <laughs> book readers will know what it means when we say the cave. You will know if you're going to be excited about that or not. I'm excited for the cave. Uh, and uh, yeah. Wait, what did you think? Because you never told me what did you think. Because you said this episode one will set the bar for where you believe the season will go. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing so far in your? I'm. That's kind of what I'm saying. Uh, that that I'm gonna give it a couple, like an episode or two, to figure out what it's gonna do because it's gonna it's gonna come down to whether or not they're going to do justice to the story in the book or they're gonna make it palatable to a wider audience. Like if they're gonna change the motivations for the rest of the book. And the rest of the series. So they didn't do it in episode one, which is where I expected it to be because it's so early in the book. But if they're, you know, I'm going to give them a couple couple episodes to figure out what they're going to do. And if they don't, then we can kind of start going into it when it looks like they're just going to overlook it completely. Okay. So okay. we'll wait. We'll wait a little bit. But uh, we'll catch you next Sunday. Or you guys can catch us next Sunday, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess that is that. So we'll, we'll see you, I guess, Monday morning, 8 a.m. I don't know what the date Sharp. is. Sharp sharp after uh episode two november 9th (laughs) no not tomorrow next monday oh yeah yeah if uh, if they listen to this one clearly they've already got it yeah true 16th i can do wow okay let's we'll uh, see you then bye